Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll look at verse 2 and then 23 through 29. It's one of our table texts. The Lord's Supper. We're going to talk about the celebration today. The celebration. Paul addressing the Corinthian church and several issues that they were having. Yes, they had a lot of gifts going on, but they also had a lot of trouble going on. And one of the troubles and the struggles was over the Lord's Supper. Verse 2 says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances, the traditions, as I have delivered them unto you. Keep the ordinances, the traditions, as I have delivered them unto you. Verse 23, I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had received that, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Mark that. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. So as often as you drink this, Drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show, proclaim, declare the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink the cup of the Lord unworthily or in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a person examine themselves. Let the believer examine themselves before they come to the table. And so let them eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh in an unworthy manner, eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. The Lord Jesus makes several amazing statements in the, the book of John, the gospel of John. And there are seven I am statements that's in there that's in nowhere uh, else. I feel like I'm a little bit hot. I'm a little ringy. Y'all still hear me in the back okay? Okay. Uh, I'm not in the monitors, am I? All right. But Jesus makes several amazing statements. The sixth I am statement, he says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goeth to the Father but by me. Qualify that a little bit. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man goeth to heaven. No man goeth to heaven or to the Father except by me. That's an amazing statement. We share it all the time. Another amazing statement is in John 6, where he says, No one can come to me, Jesus, Except the Father draw him. So put those two things together. You can't go to heaven unless you go through Jesus. You can't go to the Father in heaven unless you receive Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man goeth to the Father but by him. You can't be saved. You can't be born again. You can't uh, be redeemed and go to heaven unless you go through who? Jesus Christ. And then Jesus says in John 6, 44, no one can come to me to be saved, to be born again, to be redeemed, unless the Spirit of my Father draw him. 
So God is working in all of this. You got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working in this whole thing for our redemption. You see, a lot of people say, well, I'll get saved when I want to. No, you won't. God will call. He puts a call on your life, and he will call you to Jesus. You will hear that in your being. You will feel that in your being. There will be a conviction. There will be a burden of sin in your life. He will reveal to you that you are lost and on your way to hell without Christ. The Spirit of God will call you to Christ. And you've got to come to Him and humble yourself before Him and receive Him as your Savior. Turn from your sin in yourself as much as you know how. And fall on the work that he has done for you on the cross. And be saved by the, by the power of God. Amen? Amen. Woo! Mm. You see, God is in the saving business. And he is in the calling business. And he is calling people to repentance. He is calling people to faith in Jesus Christ. And I am happy to report to you this morning that over the last two weeks, we have had four people who have answered the call to receive Christ as their Savior. Hallelujah. Isn't that right, Sister Vicki? Amen. Amen. So this is a good thing. Amen. This is a good thing. They have answered that call. They heard the call. They answered the call, and now they have been born again and experienced the new birth and received Christ as their Savior, become a new creation, and they're ready for heaven. The Spirit of God is saying to us this morning, we need to celebrate what God is doing. We need to celebrate what He's done in the past, and we need to celebrate what He's doing right now. Thus, we have the Lord's Supper. We can celebrate with words. We can celebrate with testimony. We can celebrate with the Word. We can celebrate with music and worship and prayers. We can celebrate many different ways than we should. But did you know that the Lord has given us two specific ways in which we can celebrate uniquely as the church of Jesus Christ? Water baptism and the Lord's Supper. That's it. Water baptism and the Lord's Supper. When a person has been saved and born again, they become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, go and make disciples and then do what? Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's right. Baptize them. When they follow the Lord in obedience, in the identification, they get baptized. That happens to them individually. And we get to look on. We get to participate by watching and celebrating the work that God has done in that person's heart. They are acting out what they believe. They are acting out the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They're acting out their own death, burial, and resurrection, raised to walk in newness of life. It is an outward expression of an inward reality that they have experienced in Christ. And we get to participate in that. Uh, baptism, last time we uh, baptized, my, ooh, baby, it's good. <laughs> Remember out at the lake, had 11 people that followed the Lord. We was happy, joy. But the Lord's Supper is a little bit different. The Lord's Supper means that all of us who are born again by the Spirit of God get to participate in the Supper together. I personally get to take the element 
elements as a believer. You personally, as a believer and a follower of Christ, get to receive the elements. So all of us together get to celebrate the work that God has done in our hearts and in our lives in this body of Christ. Amen. It is a joyous thing. I didn't care for it that much when I was younger, but I was really carnal then. Didn't seem to understand the significance of it and the opportunity that it presents to us to uniquely celebrate who we are in Christ and look forward to His coming. It has been well stated that the most significant truths in life are not just spoken and not just proclaimed, but they're acted out. This morning, you and I are going to act out what we believe at this table. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's get on with it. As we look at this table here this morning, we are reminded of the power of his blood. Say that with me. The power of his blood. In verse 24, he says that he had taken bread. And when he broke it and gave thanks, he prayed. He said, take eat. This is my body. This is my body, which is broken for you. Verse 25, and after the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had received that saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This is the New Testament in my blood. Would you agree that nobody can love like God loves? Oh, his love is divine. His love is supernatural. His love is unconditional. He loves us with an everlasting love. And underneath are the everlasting arms of God seeing us through. But did you know that as great as God is and as great as his love is, his love by itself was not enough to save you and me from a devil's hell? Did you know that? It took a sacrifice to set us free. It took a sacrifice to make it possible for God to love us. God loved us through the broken body of his son. God loved us through the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, or not the Old Testament, but the New Testament speaking about the Old Testament said what the blood of bulls and goats could not do, the blood of Jesus Christ has done. Many people don't seem to understand that the Old Testament sacrifices just provided a covering for the people's sin. It didn't atone for it. Even though it was called Day of Atonement, it just provided a covering for their sin. It didn't pay the sin debt. And every year they celebrated the Day of Atonement and they made their sacrifices, sprinkling the blood on the altar and on the mercy seat of God inside the Holy of Holies. It provided a covering that protected the lawbreakers from the wrath of God. Just a covering. And every year... It pushed it up another year. Every year, it pushed it up. It pushed it all the way to the cross. And then when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the sin debt for humanity. He became a propitiation for our sin and satisfied the justice and the wrath of God for our sins. Hallelujah. What the blood of bulls and goats could not do, the blood of Jesus Christ has done to cleanse us from all in every sin. Hallelujah. I declare unto you, there is power in the blood of Jesus. Woo. Did you sing that song this morning about the power of the blood? You know, the hymn writers have done us a great blessing. 
There is power, power. What kind of power? Wonder-working power. What do you think the hymn writer meant by that? Power to cleanse us from all and every sin. It's the only power I know that can do it. It's the blood of Jesus. Just to ground ourselves right good in that. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6 and 7. To the praise of God's glory and his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted. God has made us accepted in his beloved son. In Christ we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So how are we forgiven? It is through the blood of Jesus Christ. He cleanses us from all and every sin. And again in Colossians chapter 1. In verse 12 it says, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet or actually qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. And that includes Halloween. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption in Christ. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. What can wash away our sin? Boy, y'all need some V8 or something. <laughs> what can make me whole again? Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. Other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Woo, give him praise and thanksgiving this morning. Are you glad you're saved? Are you glad that you're under the blood this morning? Well, let him know about it. Hallelujah. Yes. Every time we come to this table, it's special. It reminds us of the power of the blood. But it also reminds us of the priorities of his followers. Are you a follower this morning? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, there's some priorities that we need to give ourselves to when we come to this table. Listen to this. In verse 24, he says, This do in remembrance of me. In verse 25, he says, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 27, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a person, let the believer examine themselves and so let them eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh in an unworthy manner, eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Several priorities in here. First, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 24, verse 25. When you take this bread, you know, we're not here for a, a little holy snack. <laughs> we're not here to, to, to satisfy our physical hunger. We're here for spiritual purposes only. Amen. And when you take that bread, that unleavened bread, which is symbolic of his broken body, you are to remember what he suffered for you. Do you remember what they did to him? 
Do you remember how they arrested him and mocked him and made all manner of fun of him? Do you remember how they blindfolded him, slapped him around and said, prophesy, prophesy, who hit you? Who hit you? Do you remember that they pulled out his hair? Do you rem remember that they took a cat of nine tails to his back and whipped him and cut his flesh on his back to ribbons? He had little rivulets of blood running down his back we are to remember his broken body. This is to be a very serious, serious time. We are to give ourselves to this. We are to take this bread, this symbolic bread, unleavened bread, and remember that his body was broken for me and you. We are to remember when we take the cup that he gave his life's blood. To pay our sin debt. He wants us to remember that. He also says as we take this bread in this cup and remember him. We're to do it in a worthy manner. What does that look like? That means that we're to be sincere. It means that we're to be grateful. We're to be thankful. And we are to honor and respect what he has done for us. No silliness. We are to get tuned in, and we are to give him that respect and honor. This is not a common thing. This is a holy thing, and we are to be separated for it. He also says that we are to examine ourselves. A huge priority here as a believer. When I come to this table, I need to make sure that all my sin is confessed, and I'm in proper fellowship with the Lord. And if I am not... God says, if you're not going to judge yourself, I will judge you. Well, that's serious. That's why we need to be very careful as we come to the table that we don't take it, flip, you know, do it flippantly or carelessly, but we allow the Spirit of God to search our hearts and our lives and point out any known sin and confess it and get right with Him before we come to this table. This is a holy, sacred, special, unique time. And if we don't, we dishonor him and we dishonor his sacrifice. He says that we eat and drink judgment to ourselves. Whew. Have I got your attention now? Has the Spirit of God got your attention? What is he after here? He's after intimacy. He wants you to be grateful for what he's done for you. And he wants you to be able to Come to him with that spirit of gratefulness and thanksgiving and worship so that he can come to you and bless you. God inhabits the praises of his people. The spirit of God comes and manifests himself where he's welcome, he's honored, he's worshiped. The least we could do when we come to this table to be right with him and, want and invite him to come to us in a manifest way. And he will. And when he comes, he brings peace and joy and blessing and healing. People could walk out of here healed today, physically healed today, because of the healing that is in the atonement. By his stripes we are healed. So let's get right with him and let him work. Amen. I mentioned earlier when I was a young believer going to church, 
I've struggled with the Lord's Supper because the way that we did it growing up was is they usually kept their regular schedule in preaching and that kind of thing, and then they tacked the Lord's Supper on the end of the service. And so it extended the service 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was pretty carnal. <laughs> but to be truthful about it, if you're preaching in a whole different direction and going in a different direction and then all of a sudden this is thrown on top of you and you've got 10 or 15 minutes to get really zeroed in on this and think about this and examine yourself and take this seriously it's kind of hard to do even with a young person with a sharp mind and when I don't know that that is the best way to honor the Lord when we do this and when the Lord called me to preach and begin to pastor I said Lord how can we do this in a way that makes it possible for people to get more out of this and get more into it and honor and respect you and give you the praise and the worship that you deserve and the thanksgiving that you deserve during this time. And he says, make it to service. That is why when we do the Lord's table and the Spirit of God says it's time to do it, we make it to service. It's all about Jesus. It's all about what he's done for us. And this is a time to celebrate what he is doing and what he has done and what he's going to do. Amen? So I'm giving you time to get yourself ready. If you don't get much out of this, it's not my fault and it's not the Lord's fault. It's your fault. You need to get that stuff out. Many times the reason why we can't pour anything in, the Spirit can't pour anything in, is because we're so full of ourselves. And so full of the world and so full of the flesh. Get that stuff out so the Lord can pour something in. Amen. 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 But also as we come to the table, the table reminds us of the Lord's coming. (laughs) Amen. He reminds us of the Lord's coming, the promise of his coming. In verse 26 it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup... You do show, proclaim the Lord's death. Watch those last three words, church. Till he comes. My Jesus has promised us that he's going to come for us. Have you read that promise lately? Have you quoted that promise lately? Have you thought about that promise lately? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Hallelujah. Don't that make you want to shout just a little bit? Every time we come to this table, it's a reminder, hey, he's coming. He's coming for us. He's coming for us at his ascension. And he ascended out of sight, out of the disciples' sight. There were two angels there that flanked him as he went up. And they looked down at the disciples and said, Hey, you guys, don't you know this same Jesus who you see going up into heaven like this is coming again in like manner? Oh, my goodness. The Apostle Paul said that the Lord Jesus himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. The voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a lift off. I'm going to get my new glorified body. 
Hallelujah. Every time we come to this table, we're reminded of the promise of his coming. And let me clue you in on something. My Jesus and my God keeps his promises. Amen. He ain't like our politicians. <laughs> Jesus was no politician. <laughs> Amen. He's going to come for us one of these days. So every time we come to this table, we're reminded of the power of his blood. We're reminded of the priorities of his followers to examine ourselves. And we're reminded of the promise of his coming. Oh, my goodness. We're so blessed. And it's time to enter into that time of intimacy with the Lord. Amen.